Welcome back to episode 4 of the greatest music NFT podcast show hosted by Beaks5. And I am sitting here in the very cozy, very comfortable Vibe House Media headquarters. It is a drizzly day in Los Angeles here, usually sunny, but if you hear any of the ambient weather in the background, that's just uh, beyond my control, I guess. So I wanted to start this episode off and just recap a little bit of what's been going on. So with episode two, with Creator Royalties, I, with all transparency, I actually bumped that episode up a bit to episode two because I thought I was actually a little late on getting to that topic. It had been kind of circling in crypto Twitter for a few weeks and, you know, crypto Twitter with these news cycles, they move pretty quick nowadays. And so I was like, Ooh, let me make sure I kind of get on this. Cause I thought it was a really hot topic and I thought it was really, really impactful, um, for all NFTs and the entire crypto, you know, ecosystem. So I wanted to rush order that and get that out to the people and that episode's done really well. But much to my surprise, I actually seem to have put that out at perfect timing because just after publishing that episode, there has been much controversy, much updated information with creator royalties as they pertain to NFTs. And we are going to get to that in this episode. But first, I just want to talk about a couple other things. So very quick, I want to mention that the Greatest Music NFT Podcast Show is also doing a broadcast on Twitter Spaces. So whoever's listening to this, obviously you're bullish on podcasts and long format audio, as am I. Part of the reason why I'm creating this, you know, I was a fan and a listener and consumer of podcasts much until I created this, still am obviously. I love podcasts. It's, you know, when I get out for hiking and exercising and even with, you know, running errands or cooking, uh, you know, I'm always working with different types of music so much that, you know, I love listening to non-musical things, you know, as for my leisure, recreational listening. So podcast has always been something great for me. But something I don't hear talked about as much and is now starting to boil up a little bit is the idea of social audio. And, you know, social audio really took storm when Clubhouse uh, was introduced a few years back. I'm not even sure exactly when that came out. But, you know, Clubhouse was this really desirable social audio app. It was essentially Twitter Spaces, and that was all it was. I think Twitter Spaces was created as a reaction to fight back against Clubhouse, if I'm not mistaken. And next thing you know, it's taken on a life of its own. Uh, Reddit has its own live social audio component. Twitter has its own live social component. Clubhouse is still around and kicking. It's not as hot as it once was, but it is still around and doing some stuff. And I'm sure there's many, many more. And so the point being social audio, long format audio, these things are really, I think, part of the, you know, it's just part of the Web3 universe, if you will. I mean, I know Twitter and all these things are very Web2. I'm not trying to act like it's not. But this idea of being able to kind of connect in a different way, I think, is just really much with the Web3 way of doing things. So with that being said, the reason why I'm bringing all that up and I'm rambling on social audio is that I want to also be a part of that. So this podcast is not only just doing this podcast and streaming wherever you're hearing this, but we are also doing Twitter Spaces live on Tuesday. So the podcast comes out Monday, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and on Tuesday... 
sometime in the afternoon. I'm kind of playing with the times right now, but it'll be sometime in the afternoon, my time. So we're aiming around somewhere between 2 and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're doing a live Twitter Spaces. So we just did our first one. It was fantastic. Honestly, surprised me with how great the turnout was. I think we had something like 15 people show out or something. And, you know, for anyone that's ever tried to host their own Twitter Spaces, you know, sometimes just no one shows up. So you know, I know the world is itching, you know, for more just music NFTs, trying to get the conversation starting. And so my whole idea with the Twitter spaces on Tuesday is doing an episode recap each week. So each Monday, a new episode will come out for the podcast. Each Tuesday, we are going to do a live Twitter spaces recap. So find us on Twitter. If you haven't been following the podcast Twitter account, it is at TGMNFTPod. That stands for The Greatest Music NFT Podcast Show. So find us there at TGM NFT Pod. And Tuesdays in the afternoon, my time, of course. I know that's funny to say at my time when anyone could be around the world, but you know what I'm talking about. We're doing live Twitter spaces, and I really hope to see you there. It's going to be a perfect way to engage with the audience, and I'm really excited to you know see how that goes. Now, Speaking just one more thing about social audio, since I've been also consuming that a bit, I've become a bit of a fan and a little obsessed with it. And some of the best Twitter space hosts are grinding hard. I mean, they're doing daily Twitter spaces hours a day. Some people are doing Twitter spaces literally 12 hours a day. No joke. Just 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Just going. I mean, they might do three or four or five throughout the day, just multiple hours at a time. And it's just building this listenership, this audience. It, it's a new way to be discoverable. And, uh, you know, much of the Web3 culture, Web3 community is on Twitter. And so, um, you know, really nothing to do with the Elon buyout and all that, which, of course, is uh, relatable and relevant. But, um, but just Twitter spaces as a whole, social audio, kind of interconnecting that with the podcast long format audio. So I'll make sure I wanted to touch base and let the audience, uh, the listener know that, that that's what we're doing and that's where you can find us. So find us on Twitter and you'll see where the party's going on. Okay, so let's get to these creator royalties because there has been some drama and some major updated announcements that have dropped just after I published that episode. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, I swear I'm not even trying to be redundant with renaming an episode if i happen to rename this or name this podcast episode creator royalties part two but it just seems it's like it's a pressing matter and i think i said i was going to make this a evergreen podcast screw that i'm totally just you know i'm trying to figure out what this podcast is going to be as i'm working it i mean i know what i want it to be but in terms of just the information there's kind of different ways but i wanted the whole idea of this is to track the evolution and development of music NFTs. Like the entire MO is, you know, I know it's not where it needs to be. I believe in what music NFTs can be, and it's tracking that journey to if and when that happens. And so I, my whole thing is I believe in the next 12 to 24 months, we're really going to see that development. And so launching this podcast is to really just coincide with that time, uh, which is what we're doing. So with that being said, to these creative royalties, so two days so we have to kind of break down a couple of things. So OpenSea is the biggest marketplace by far for all NFT trades, okay? And you know how this crypto stuff goes. It's a little tribal when you talk about different blockchain uh, ecosystems. And so Solana obviously is a big blockchain with a huge community, huge ecosystem, uh, and lots of NFT trading recently. And so one of the biggest marketplaces on Solana 
is Magic Eden. OpenSea, of course, being on Ethereum and you know being very EVM compatible with a bunch of other blockchains. So OpenSea on Ethereum, Magic Eden on Solana. But in the kind of grand scheme of things, everyone's competing for this uh, market share. So I need to read a couple of tweet threads that were put out. The first is by Magic Eden, and this was just two days before I published the Creator Royalties Part 1 episode that I did not see this tweet beforehand. But it goes like this. Recently, we have been evaluating royalty enforcement solutions so that we can find ways to support them. The stakes are high, the solutions require deeper exploration, but here's where we're at. Royalty enforcement solutions have trade-offs. Adopting them requires us to rethink what quote-unquote ownership means. The concept would have to become more conditional where creators would retain some rights to alter the NFT's functions depending on user behavior. In order for protocol-enabled royalty enforcement to work, a trend towards centralization will also need to occur. One key trade-off is that holders may not be able to freely transfer the NFT, especially as wallets don't support these new technologies or standards at the outset. A large portion of the ecosystem marketplaces, wallets, dApps, and other players will also need to recognize and enforce a new set of standards and rules. Failing this, royalty enforcement would have limited effect. Now, you know, they're talking about trying to create these creator royalties enforceable at the protocol level, which we talked about in just a previous episode. They continue. The good news is that we've started to work with several creators to explore emerging solutions. We're excited to begin experimenting and evaluating pro-royalty creator monetization tools depending on respective creators' needs and priorities. Royalty enforcement on the protocol level may be a viable way to support creators, but it's not going to be easy. There is a no-one-size-fits-all solution for creator monetization. Stay tuned as we share back more learnings and questions about the future of royalties. So that's Magic Eden's statement, right? So, I mean, that is just like hitting on the head exactly what we're talking about. This, you know, who gets to make the decision, where is the decision made, and why? And so, you know, we're seeing that there's a lot of technical obstacles that we have to try and get over. For instance, something that I heard was that, you know, to make there's pros and cons in terms of trade-offs. So there's compromises that are going to be have to be made. So even though at the protocol level, which still is not like the most ideal situation, in my opinion, in my very humble opinion, but even to enforce it at the protocol level, it's some of those trade-offs would mean, you know, more centralization and then also it, you know, different types of composability and portability with the NFT. So where can it go if, uh, you know, there, there may be some restrictions in terms of that, that, uh, where the NFT can be sent and how it can be used if it were to be uh, enforced at the protocol level as they are uh, proposing. So now let's get to OpenSea. OpenSea just a couple days ago, and we are recording this November 8th. So just a couple days ago, OpenSea came out and recorded this. And let's read what they had to say, because this is the big mamma jamma right here. This is when OpenSea talks, everyone listens in crypto Twitter. All right, so OpenSea comes out and says this. There's been a lot of discussion over the past few months about business models for NFT creators and whether creator fees, aka royalties, are viable. Given our role in the ecosystem, we want to take a thoughtful, principled approach to this topic and to lead with solutions. It's clear that many creators want the ability to enforce fees on-chain and we believe that choice should be theirs and not a marketplace's to make. So we're building tools we hope will balance the scales by putting more power in creators' hands to control their business model. 
To that end, today we're launching a tool for on-chain enforcement of creator fees for new collections starting, you know, starting 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, November 8th. OpenSea will enforce creator fees only for new collections that will use an on-chain enforcement tool such as this one, and they, sh they give a link to it. They continue. This tool is our first version of on-chain enforcement, and in the coming months, we'll launch additional tools and improvements for on-chain enforcement of new collections, and we'll engage with the community to get feedback on them along the way. We recognize this is a first step that addresses new collections, but we also know how important it is to think about alternatives to help existing collections navigate this new ecosystem dynamic. Knowing how difficult it is to enforce fees on-chain for existing collections, we won't make any changes for existing collections until at least December 8th, 2022. In the meantime, we'll hold conversations with our communities to get their point of view on a more optimal outcome. In transparency, the consideration set for what happens after December 8th is wide open, with options ranging from continuing to enforce off-chain fees for some subsets of collections to allowing optional creator fees to collaborating on other on-chain enforcement options for creators. We recognize not all creators, collections, and communities are the same, and we are looking to create a long-term policy that reflects that. There is so much to discuss when it comes to a topic this important. We know it's long, but we tried to include as much valuable information as possible around our thought process and open questions here. And they they uh, leave a link there. And lastly, they say, and we're ready to dive into it all with you tonight. And so they uh, are doing their Twitter spaces. Shout out to Social Audio. So that was OpenSea's announcement. So, I mean, this is a big deal. So, I mean, this all came just like as I was publishing Creator Royalties, the episode, and, and after. OpenSea came like a week after. And I'm going, whoa, because here's what's happened. Here's what the problems. I mean, for anyone that's going like, why is this even a deal? So here's the deal. With NFTs, because they are this... They are their own entity, let's just call it. Um, Over-the-counter trades or OTC trades are able to happen, meaning peer-to-peer, -peer, right? Person-to-person. -person. And so when the, you know, the NFT marketplace, you can obviously buy the marketplace and there's a royalty that's built into that to the pricing. And so what's been happening is that uh, you know, community developers or ecosystem developers, people that are not even part of the team or part of the marketplace, you know, team, they are able to just say, um, hey, I can create a trustless system or, you know, just, you know, there is a system that's able to be, you know, easily created to just, you know, facilitate an over-the-counter trade. It happens all the time everywhere, whether you're in gaming projects, you know, people are, you know, swapping different, you know, NFTs or different assets or different things, right? So, you know, people are always doing this. And if you're doing this, you're essentially, you know, or the debate is you're stealing from creators because they're not able to earn that royalty fee that's supposed to happen on the secondary market. So that's kind of the big thing. And what happened was it, it became so easy and so prevalent to facilitate these over-the-counter trades that it started affecting the bottom line of these marketplaces. And so some of these marketplaces felt like they needed to compete because they were feeling threatened. They were feeling that heat on them. And so they then went to zero fees, but, but that was just to try and get the trading back onto their marketplace. They knew it was a mistake. And so they're doing this kind of, you know, double doubling back knowing that, you know, of course projects and, and creators need royalties to survive. And even if they don't, it's in their own, you know, it should be in their own rights to declare whether they want them or not. And so kind of the best 
policies that have happened so far is there have been the optional choice of royalties where literally when you're going out you know to the marketplace to buy an nft it's like do you want it for you know 35 soul or no, it'll it'll market for 35 it'll list itself for 35 soul or something like that and then you go to check out or try and buy it and it's like 40 soul because you know the royalty you know five souls going as a royalty and it gives you a little toggling button where it's like do you want to you know spend do you want to buy this royalty or do you want to decline the royalty and so you, as a buyer you're able to just totally round about the royalty fee the project creators don't get a royalty and so just the ongoing debate of does this kill this nft ecosystem these over-the-counter trades how do projects you know create these revenue models or continue building if their royalties are taken away from them where do they make money do they just continue to put out new products and just sell them on a primary level so that's been the great debate and i mean it's just been hot take after hot take you know and it's been really interesting some people who are not creators at all they don't understand the debate of why royalties even matter you know, but cryptos also come from so many times of just, you know, uh, Ponzi schemes or Ponzi scams and rugs and from the ICO boom and the bull market, you know, there's just this kind of cleansing out that has to happen of um, what's to even be expected. And yeah, I mean, trust me, I've been in ecosystems and communities and part of projects where over-the-counter trades um, completely destroyed the community, actually. Not the community itself, but it destroyed the value that was happening within the game because it was dismantling the mechanics of a marketplace, right? I mean, it's like going behind a store and just being like, hey, I'll, I'll sell this. I'll just undercut you every single thing you have, you know, just run out with it and, and we'll facilitate it out here. So really, really interesting kind of how it's all playing out. So I'm rambling. Um, I'm not even sure really how to end this. This is, I mean, there isn't a conclusion to this yet. This is just, I mean, I already, this is a part two to, I think, uh, many parts because this is ongoing. As OpenSea said, there's going to be many more declarations. Or, I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be another decision that happens uh, later next month in December. The biggest thing that's about, you know, the biggest kind of thorn that people are really are debating about is that there's, I mean, there's other things too. So, for instance, one of the enforcements or one of the centralization things that would be happening is to, deter from over-the-counter trades that's some of the what they call portability of the nft where it will have to be centralized so if you are choosing to sell on OpenSea, it will not be able to be moved anywhere else and there's pros and cons to that i mean a lot of this decentralization stuff i know the hardcore people believe in but a lot of the kind of practical functionality of centralization you know we we see the growing pains you know quickly in crypto and in web3 um, when they hit us and so you know some of this ease it's like yeah okay we'll go for decentralized but over-the-counter trades will always happen and we're seeing what a big you know effect taking away creator royalties from projects is doing you know frank d gods and you know they're you know with utes and everything they've been doing for anyone that's paying attention over there in solana and those nft projects it's just really been uh controversy after controversy and just making headlines with you know are they for royalties are they against royalties how can we enforce it and so yeah this conversation is absolutely ongoing so you know the greatest music nft podcast show is always tracking this journey we are going to keep you up to date with the weekly podcast episodes, giving it with fresh information. And 
The freshest information will always be on Tuesday live when we do our Twitter spaces. So definitely try and catch us there. Once again, the Twitter handle is at TGMNFTPod. So find us there. Tuesdays in the afternoon, we are doing a live Twitter spaces recap of the episode. This is Creator Royalties Part 2. Most definitely, we are calling it this And there are definitely many more topics we're going to cover, of course. We're going to get into AI music. We're going to get into distribution with Web3 music. We're going to get into the different streaming platforms that are all offering different services. So we have a ton to talk about, but this is definitely hot off the press, ready to go. So this is episode four. Thank you all so much for staying tuned. We have broken the three-episode curse with the fourth episode. Definitely happy to have get that done. One month in the books, many more to go. Marathon mentality. We'll see you next week.